Hello. And welcome to another episode of From the Lower Level. The wow. way that I missed that. <laughs> I love that you just completely missed it. I'm not, we're not even re-recording. I, I want it noted that Season 3, Episode 15 of the podcast, Patrizio just completely spaced out and forgot where he was. I just, it's been a long week. It really has. So for those of us who are also in the lower level, we know we're still going to a panini. Um, But for for us here in the lower level, we've just gone into lockdown 6 or lockdown 5.1. Depends how you want to look at it. Some people said we never came out of lockdown. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's been a week trying to live our lives and deal with the panini. Not the panini. I like calling it the panini. What are the other words that people use to describe the pandemic? Uh, the panorama. Panorama is good. Panacea. Uh, I like panacea. I haven't heard that one. Because, well, now you have. Wow. Um, Marshy, we didn't even introduce ourselves. And you know what? I prepared. I came prepared. Okay, at this point, if they don't know who we are, I worry for them because I don't think we're getting any new listeners. <laughs> but all right, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Moshi and... I'm Patrizio. I have fire in my veins, but I am can be as cold as ice. That was terrible. The execution was. Terrible. The execution was woeful. So, like, you made it's me because... go back and do this whole thing and you couldn't even <laughs> execute it properly. On top of forgetting the intro. You know what it was? It's because I needed to do the accent and I don't think that's appropriate to be doing the accent. <laughs> Who's, whose tagline was that? That's Perla. Because I'm, I'm watching Cheshire at the moment. Oh, wow. Season seven. It's, it's a moment. Yeah, that would be offensive if you did that accent. Um, just randomly. I know we're going to talk about the word on the street, but... I forgot to, I don't know if I didn't put this in our, it's, it's not on our list of words on the streets, but Real Housewives of Cheshire is filming season 14 at the moment. When I tell you, these women never stop filming. Um, well, with, this is the word on the street at this point, but yes, they have started season 14 and yeah, like the way that they haven't probably even filmed the reunion from the previous season. They like haven't. This, these women are on the job 24-7. Constantly filming. It's like the season ends and they just start filming straight, again, straight away again. And, I, I mean, they do have shorter seasons. But I think this is the thing about the UK and their reality shows. It is, like, never-ending. I love it. Well, I mean, I will also say, though, that they do, like, two seasons a year and they're both, True. like, ten episodes long. Yeah. So they're kind of, like, it's split up. But, yeah, the timelines are so confusing. Like, at the moment, I'm watching season seven again. And, like, I, I'm just, like, when when is this even happening? Like, they go to um, they go to Morocco. And I'm, like, what time of year is this? Like, I actually, like, I don't even know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Real Housewives of Cheshire, iconic. I feel like Real Housewives of Jersey is, like, possibly not coming back. I don't know. No, they're filming season two, I heard. Oh, they are? Okay, interesting. They fired some housewives. They've gotten some new ones. Like, it's all it's all happening for Jersey. Right. That'll be good. Well, seeing as I prematurely made us get to the street, what else is what else is the word on the street, Patty? 
Well, I mean, like we talked about the Salt Lake City trailer last week, which um, actually never got released, even though we were saying that it would come out. Um, but there is an apparent air date in September. I, I heard it's taking Atlanta's Sunday spots. Well, you snooze, you lose. Uh, so, I mean, which is probably great for Salt Lake City. Apparently, it's very heavily centered around Jen. Of um, course. The new friend of apparently she's been promoted to full time housewife. I saw that she's obviously giving us everything, which is what you got to do. You got to give yeah. us everything. Do you think we'll only get like another like ten to twelve season uh, episode arc, or do you think they will give us like the fifteen to twenty episodes, including reunion? I think I think we'll have like a New Jersey length. Like it'll be. I feel like New Jersey is never as long as like New York or Atlanta. Okay. Fair um, enough. So I think it'll be, yeah, around that 15 episodes, um, okay. which is a good amount. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good amount. Like 15 episodes, including reunion, right? Potentially, yes. I don't remember what New Jersey is. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's September. Also in September, Candace's album is dropping. Did you see the artwork? I mean, I appreciate the artwork for her album was like a receipt. Yes. I mean, it's been done before, but uh, <laughs> why can't I ever just give this girl a compliment when she does good? Like, I am so mean. No, I love it. And I love the, like, the tongue-in-cheek of it all. It's receipts, right? So the idea is that all the songs should be telling us something about someone. But who, who is she telling us about? Who, everyone. We're going to hear songs about Dorothy. We're going to hear songs about Mr. Brown Dick. We're going to hear songs about Ooh. Monique, Karen, Giselle, all of them. Not the Brown Dick. <laughs> you said it last week. <laughs> oh, um, I actually also saw um, something dropping in October. Janet from Real Housewives of Melbourne apparently has given October, mid-October, as the air date of our local franchise here also known as the Real Housewives of Melbourne. <laughs> I feel like I said that at some point. But anyway, yes. Wow. I, honest, just knowing what they would have gone through to film it, uh, I'm, I'm tentative. I hope it'll be good because it's, it, all the previous seasons have been so wonderful and we all wanted it back so much. Like we all petitioned for it to come back. And it's come back and had to be filmed like super restricted. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they've gone. I mean, yes, this is a season that's like twelve years in the making. So I mean, like expectations are high, but I'm sure delivery will be terrible. Yeah, it's one of those things where. I just feel like there's going to be so many gaps between filming, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, because they've had to they've had to film around the panini. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. We've also had some like some feuds be um, hinted at this week between. Well, we're assuming that it's Mark and Jen. Yes. But have you seen the third, like, player in the mix who people are saying it could be? Well, we're not, it's not Jackie because she posted 
I L Y S M, which for the kids at home is I love you so much. To Mark, who because the the accusation was that this certain housewife's husband cheated on her ten years ago. Yep. And now it's been brought up by Mark. And this housewife is going to have to explain to her children what has already been, like, done, dusted, buried. Yes. So this person is Jen. And the word on the street is that Jen then throws water on Mark. But I've now heard that it's potentially Rosé. And what I'm then hearing is that Jackie does not back Mark up when it counts. What does that mean? Like she's not supportive of Marge's decision to out this situation and not backing her in ways when Marge has backed her. And this goes back to, you remember that picture of Jackie and Teresa playing tennis? Yes. Like I think Jackie, are we going get, to get Jackie this season just towing the line? Are we getting, has she been drinking the, the Kool-Aid and she's just towing the line this season? Has she gone and kissed the ring? That's exactly it. I mean, it is a mafia in that franchise. <laughs> Allegedly. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. But I feel like Dolores would have talked some sense into her and just be like, here's the situation. You are never going to beat Teresa Judice, Judy Che. So you need to just kiss the ring and figure out a better way to live your life. Oh my god, the way I started choking while you were talking. Yeah, I was like, you just left. Are you okay? Did you die? Oh my god. What a moment. The way that I almost choked to death on the podcast, not oh. clickbait. <laughs> not clickbait. But you, you almost choked on a beverage of tea. Oh my goodness. How's your esophagus? Is she scarred? She's fine. There's still there's tea in the lungs, but I'll be fine. There's tea uh, in the lungs? Damn. <laughs> well, Moshi, let's move right along. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Potomac, season six, episode number four. Would you call it would you call this episode of Potomac a near death experience? Would you was it similar to the choking situation you just had? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I started watching this episode and I was like, wow, we're really doing this whole like Robin can't get out of bed thing again. And then Mm -hmm. I realized I was watching last week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) How long? uh, Like, but like, it was just at that point. Like it was, it got to the point where she like went and woke up her children. And I was like, okay, I think I'm watching the wrong episode. (laughs) I love Uh, this about you. Concerning. So, near death experience. I want to say that I actually kind of really don't remember this episode, but like we're gonna talk. We are gonna talk. I mean, so you don't, so you don't remember this episode at all. It was probably not as exciting, I think, as previous episodes that we've had. We're, we're starting to get into the meat, meat of it all. But one of the things that I'm starting to see now about Giselle in particular is that Giselle has come into this season with a really clear narrative and agenda and she's going to talk about it. So I mean to say is that she has, number one, accepted that she is shady and she's, like, doing everything that she can to kind of own that image of herself. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, I mean, no, I don't, because I have a different opinion to share. Oh, okay, because I was, so, all right, I will plead my case first, and then you tell me what you think, okay? So, I think that, like, obviously she copped a lot from the public and in the previous reunion about how shady she is, and she's always kind of, I think, towed the line between saying, like, I'm no shadier than everybody else, but I think that this season she's like, okay, that's cool, I'm going to own my shady and, you know, she kind of makes tongue-in-cheek references to it. She's made it a lot throughout the episodes so far. And now her and Robin are starting a podcast called Reasonably Shady, and she refers to herself as shady. So that's one element that I think she's like, okay, this is, this is the, this, the role they've given me in the public. I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to own it. The other one is that she's framing she's going out of her way to frame that her and Jamal's relationship is breaking up because of COVID and this long distance thing. When really, I think it ended a long time ago and it ended because he is not good. He's not a good person. He should not be in relationships. Like he, he has broken her heart many, many times and done so many horrible things, but she's refusing to kind of call out his dirty behavior as the as the whole truth and is instead framing it as like she needs you know somebody who's seven hours away you know someone in her bed like putting this element of personality that she's never had before because she's actually been kind of prudish and conservative the last couple of seasons so I think it's really interesting to watch and to be honest it's exactly what I would do but to watch somebody taking a negative and trying to spin it. I'm I'm enjoying uh, Giselle's PR, I must say. Okay, I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> um, I don't know, you may be seated. I don't, I don't know what happens in court. Um, I would like to say that, first of all, um, I think that we should have a reasonably shady photo shoot um, for this podcast. We need I, to have one. I want, like, I've been saying this. We need I to upchange our logo and we need... But we are in a panini. We have not physically been together in so long. Maybe the, the logo can be a panini at this point. But um, yes, I was like, I was like, we we should be doing this. We should be like, and who would you be? Would you be? I, you'd be Giselle. I'd I would be, be Giselle. Of course I, I would, would be, be reasonably, and then you'd be shady. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um. Well, I think that Giselle is doing this whole like family thing at the moment she's like leaning on the kids for her storyline like and oh, i don't I, like it. i agree I, I don't like it because i feel like her kids especially grace like poor girl like she can't pass her learner's test and you know what good on her for being brave enough to be on the tv's and you know sharing her story because i don't think it's fair on her i don't want love really enjoy seeing it um but yeah Giselle is leaning in on the kids and on the Jamal point like let's just be real Monique said it all at the reunion like that is why they have broken up it it was it was the a woman texting him it was in the phone it was all of that like it we're done like it was over at the reunion so I feel like you have just proven my point further because I I think I spoke like last week or the week before and I said that Giselle is also using the kids to, to like allowing the way that she like goes out of her way when she talks about things where she knows they're going to throw shade at her. Like, 
So that's what I'm saying. She is using these elements. So the shadiness, the breakup with Jamal, her kids, she's using them all to reframe who she is and have people think that she's like really lighthearted and really carefree and she's just here for fun and she can take it. It's other people who can't take it and that she's like in control basically. It's what I would do. I think it's a smart way, but we're not dumb. I mean, I'm a little bit dumb, but we're not that dumb. And you know what? I just was thinking about it also because now I'm like, I'm starting to remember this episode a little bit more. <laughs> but um, this whole like thing where Robin and Giselle like text Mia and say like, let's catch up for drinks, but don't bring Karen. Like, the thing is that, like, I just don't understand this whole point about saying, like, don't tell Karen. Like, like you, you, you're doing it on purpose because there was no suggestion that Karen was coming. There was no thought that Mia would bring Karen. Like, Karen is not in the equation at all. But Giselle brings her in and then gets upset when Mia's all like, but I think Mia overreacted a little bit. I mean, I enjoyed her text message back to Giselle being <laughs> like... Like, you don't tell me who I can and cannot bring. If you need to book a meeting, speak with my personal assistant. Like, I love that energy. But also, I was just kind of like, you've done it to yourself, Giselle. I agree with you. I think the thing that I love as well is that Mia just ignored Robin. (laughs) I mean, who? (laughs) Like, and I love Robin. And I just was like, Mia didn't need to ignore Robin. Because I will be really honest with you, you. You can fuck around with Giselle but don't fuck around with Robin. Like, I am more scared of Robin than I am of Giselle. Like, Robin will tell you to your face. Like, she really did. Like, at, at the pyjama party, she she really gives it to me. Yeah. Mm. All right. So in other things that happened in this episode, let me jog your memory. Mm-hmm. Karen, Le Dame, has told us that she's going to be sworn in as an ambassador for her hometown, Surrey County. So she was on the float last season. This season, she's the ambassador. And she says all of this to her daughter, Raven, who is now a corporate executive in New York. I'm sorry. Her daughter is not a corporate executive. I've what seen is she? I think she's like a graduate. Or an intern, like she's literally just finished college, and she's she's like intern. She's not a corporate executive yet, but I do love that. I mean, I'm not saying that she's not on that track, but I do love that. Like that's what um, Karen said because your parents never know what you do. Yeah, I mean, I also think that people make up titles. No, but, but I feel like. That's another conversation. No, but I feel like her parents, like, literally, she's, like, got a job in New York out of college. It's in the corporate world. And her mom's just, like, she's a corporate executive. But she has – your parents never have any idea what your job is. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Ask Karen what, like, Raven's, like, company does. Nothing. No idea. Oh, they do corporate things. They sell things to people. You know? I mean, she she did refer to Ray as the Black Bill Gates and – Look what happened. Like, Bill Gates isn't on a tax lien. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's the shady. The reason that's not shade. It's literally facts because <laughs> she does not know what people's jobs are. I, like, that's really normal. I find it all the time with my parents. I have no idea what we do. 
Um, do you think that she like was someone reached out to her to be an ambassador, or did she <laughs> proposed it? I think it was a mutual decision. Have you ever heard of like a township or a place having ambassadors? Like, I can understand getting like the key to the city and things like that, but being an ambassador—that's something. Uh, um, yeah, I've never heard of before. You know, in Japan, they have those little cartoon mascots. Like, every town has their own little mascot. And some of them get famous and others do not. Are we saying that Karen is going to be a mascot now? I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, I'm saying, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm not here for it. The Ladam mascot. But I feel like mascot is downplaying the significance of the role that she's about to be. I think ambassador is also like an overreach as to what this is. So somewhere between a mascot and an ambassador. Yes. I don't I don't know whether this town needs influences. Oh, I think so. I think so I will say that I think the story of obviously it's a rural like her whole thing her whole thing is that she's going to be um influencing or I guess is that what we call it now but promoting rural America and you know how how it how it kind of funds the 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 country and things like that but I think that story of her ancestors buying back the farm that they were slaves on and now you know supplying America's grain or the grain to the world that is fucking amazing like that is huge but for me, it's the fact that she doesn't live there anymore <laughs> and she's not on the John Deere tractor doing the things that it's, it's quite funny. But I think, you know, use your platform, girl. Use your platform. Maybe we need, like, we need that. We need the, the promotional footage of her on the tractor. I, you know what? Karen Huger for, like, president. Oh, 100%. Karen Huger 2024? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 28, get a, she needs to get her stuff together. She, yeah, maybe just a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, she'll be, you know, they love to have old presidents, so she'll be <laughs> old by then. Again, shade. that was not shade. It was facts. It's, it's a little shady. It's not shady. It's the truth. How can it be shady if it's the truth? The way I am turning into an African auntie right now, how can it be shady if it's the truth? Wow. I am all of my aunties. <laughs> um, uh, what about Ashley? So I, I vaguely remember she's pregnant and they... You they and Candace like are the one, same person right now. The one, they have one final, this is like the final meal before she gives birth. Um, and, so yes. question I have for you, that restaurant, was that their old restaurant? It looked it looks similar from the outside, or do all DC restaurants look like that? I'm gonna say all DC restaurants look like that because I feel like personally, I would never go back to the restaurant I used to own. Yeah, but that's exactly the sort of thing that Ashley would do. But I feel like if she did go there, she'd be like, "Oh, we used to own this place." Like, I feel like that's the vibe she would bring. I feel like their restaurant wasn't as big, but anyway. Oh, uh, maybe. How do you feel about? like you're having your partner like decide to invest in film and tv and not tell you because you know ashley is a financial partner i feel in all of this so 
number one, she married an older, wealthier man. And I, no judgment. I'd do it if I could. But I, and, and I think it's, it's very like, it's great to see that she is invested and that she, unlike some women in other franchises, she is willing to speak up and, and to some degree Michael lets her know about where their money is going and, and, and she, she tries to have a say. I think that that is amazing. It's empowering. It's great. But I don't think he's going to lose any money. Like, he's just investing. Like, he's not... He's he's obviously not going to do it by himself. He's going to do it with other people. I know I happen to know a few people whose families do this. This is like one of the ways that they make money and they're not like actively engaged in all of the stuff. They have other people that that they trust to do it and a lot of the time that's what business is. You know what I think would be a better uh investment for Michael. I feel, I feel like it would fit him more like for shorts no pornography well maybe they do i mean like that's the thing they they should be funding you know what i mean he should be investing in a porn studio and only fans he should be like monetizing people who want to be on only fans i don't know how it works but only fans is monetized but um (laughs) so that's how that works that's how that works no but like he's not starting a studio he's just producing films so he is finding the people and getting the money to put a movie together like this is is a very like there's lots of people that do this it's 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 not um I don't know what the word is but it's like it's it's not unheard of for somebody with no film experience to come on as a producer it happens all the time um, but by the end of this episode, we do see that Ashley is like in labor, and she's got she's got the candid camera. She's filming herself, and wow, what a journey we go on in the like the short period of time between her water breaking and going to the hospital. She like makes her child like breakfast and lunch for the next day. Yeah, like has a, like a whole emotional breakdown, and then goes to the hospital. I mean, I want to say this. From the very first episode of Potomac, season one, episode one, I have been a fan of Ashley Darby. Even when she has done stupid things, even the way she deals with Michael, all of it, I hate it, but I love her. She has been so open and transparent from the get-go. What we saw is exactly what I would expect to see from Ashley. Remember when she humped the other women? This is what I mean. Like That was season one. Yeah, she's so authentically herself all the time. I I love it. Um, I don't know who is there. Anyone else that you want to discuss before we get into like the meat of this episode? Oh, let's just get into the meat of it. The pajama party. This is like the the like what's the opposite of a housewarming? Like a house exit party. Candace has um has sold her portion of the townhouse. <laughs> Um, her portion. <laughs> uh, and she she's lived there for like 15 years or something ridiculous and she's like yeah. 30 so like her parents helped her put the deposit together a long time ago and she's now leaving so she's having this like slumber party and you know what I'm gonna agree with Karen that Giselle was wearing fake Versace 
So I went on our favorite like Instagram for housewives fashions, aka the real bad fashions on Instagram. That is the real bad fashions. Please go on it. it is brilliant um, because they are always with the facts on what is real and what is fake. So basically, I mean, everything Ramona has is fake and that's what I love it. But I went on there (laughs) hoping that they would have done Giselle's Versace robe because on another Bravo show, Real Shars of Sunset, Reza has the same robe, but it's like the black and gold Um, and Reza would never wear anything fake. But I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to know if Giselle's is real or not. Like I want to know. But also pop calling the kettle black, uh, Karen being the one to call somebody out for wearing fake designer shit. So, Yeah, look, I mean, but that's that's the beauty of the Karen and Giselle feud that like they're just going to continue to call each other out for the rest of eternity and I'm okay with it. (laughs) All right. I, yeah, I, I don't hate the robe, but I hated the ensemble. Like, I didn't understand what she was wearing underneath it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was like, trash next. Who's, whose PJs were you vibing? You were like, totally like there for Wendy, weren't you? That's your oh, vibe. I mean, happy and Ness. <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like, you know... Which of these women actually sleeps naked? That's my question. And I think Ashley would have been one of them. Yeah. But I don't know. I reckon there's a few of them that might be. I think Robin sleeps naked. You reckon? Not yeah. in her current, like, depression, though. I Probably not. But I want to say, like, her tie-dye situation is what I would have worn. I thought she was the realist when it came to, like, what I actually wear as pyjamas. Uh, just, like, a side note about Robin... Um, I just want to say that her yellow confessional look this week was, like, stunning. The hair. The, the hair, hair is amazing. The hair, the makeup, the dress, fabulous. I did see on the Instagrams that apparently that was the dress that she was meant to have worn to last season's reunion, oh. but it did not arrive in time. Ah, well, at least she's getting, she's, she's getting used for it now that it's arrived. I know. Much and- like Robin, it was late. I actually think that her confessional look, like if that was what she was going to wear to the reunion, would have been so much better than the trash that she wore to that last reunion. Yeah, but I prefer, I like her hair this season. I don't know. I didn't mind what she wore last season. They all wear these gowns that I don't know where they get them from. Gowns, gowns, gorgeous gowns. (laughs) Gowns. (laughs) Gowns, fabulous gowns. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, Robin is definitely Benjamin Buttoning it. Like, Chick is aging backwards. I feel like she gets younger every season. Yeah, her style journey has definitely improved. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, so the, the women show up to this, like, PJ party. Um, they all have to do a shot of Fireball at the door. Karen is first there um and she does like her shot of fireball because karen loves fireball right well i think karen has learned her lesson from fireball i don't think she's doing it ever again the way she did it last time no not at all right um ascale is there as well is she how yeah she is how are you feeling about ascala because like i liked her energy but at the same time like when she piped up about 
the, the situation with um, Mia, Giselle and Robin, I was like, just don't. No, I'm into it. Get involved. Get dirty. No. <laughs> I don't like it when the friend of just but involves themselves when they should This is their thing that they don't know. And this is probably a problem that, like, you know, production needs to talk to these women about. But they, I don't think she probably knew that she was going to be a friend of. And so when you don't know whether you're going to be a friend or a, like, full-time housewife, you just got to get in and have your moment. So I Do think- you think? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, what are you going to do? I think unless you're, like, Kathy Hilton and you know <laughs> that you're coming into this season as a friend, you don't have any aspirations for more than that, you can just, like, be, like, funny and shady on the side and do what the fuck you want. It's I like... think this woman is purposely, she's trying to get involved because she knows if you're in it, like, you're getting the screen time. Because it's all it's about. You get... I swear, if like, well, how long is this episode? It's like forty-two minutes. If there are six women, you get eight minutes of like screen time each. It's not a lot of time. It's the way you know maths for me, and I the way your eyebrows are about to pop off your head. <laughs> that was that was that was passion Mo- from you, Moshi. As you would say, it's just facts. It is just facts. Okay, it's just facts. So I think, you know what, I don't blame her for getting involved. And I think she had a point, so whatever. I mean, I agree with what she said, but I just didn't want her to pipe in. But you know what? You have swayed me. You have changed my mind. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind her. I think she's, like, I like her energy. I think she, like, seems like a good fit so far. I mean, Yeah. I actually think she, she'll be a good fit. She, she seems really cool. Um, so... I don't know. They get bored of whatever they're doing and they decide to play some games and they decide to play Never Have I Ever. And Karen either doesn't know how to play or she accidentally reveals personal secrets of herself. So the first question is, Never Have I Ever Done Ecstasy? And Karen is sipping on her champagne. Do we think Karen has done ecstasy? I... I feel like she's one of those girls that's like, she's done weed, but she will never say it to us. When did she do weed? Um, like, before she married Ray. I Do you not think she's done ecstasy with Ray? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to this one. I do not think that she's done ecstasy with Ray. All right. I, I was curious. I have a very, like, vanilla like sex life i think the only he would tell I... you that it's chocolate okay <laughs> but in this okay they have a very like standard there's no like kinky you know bondage situations going on i think ray would be into that but she is a she is a traditional girl and i don't think that she's into that i agree um, Mia, is it Mia that she asks, never have I ever had my clip done? Yeah, Wendy says that, I think. Oh, I mean, the, the gag of this whole, like, episode was we find out that, like, Mia never meant that she had a clip done. She meant that she had vaginal rejuvenation. <laughs> Which is completely different. 
Like, completely different. But the theme that I'm getting from Mia is that she just likes throwing out these, like, ridiculous statements to get the shock factor. Like, she was literally like, I've had my clit re, like, surgically, surgically, like, restructured or whatever it is, right? And all the other women are like, first of all, like, holy shit, I didn't even know that was a thing. Second of all, like, Jesus, like, how hard are you getting banged every week? And, like... Then it's just like, oh, no, I just had vaginal rejuvenation, which I reckon half the women in that room have. Oh, of course. But do you think that she changed it because G maybe said to her, you can't be telling these women you had your clip banged up? No, I don't think so. I think she she will just say the, the most ridiculous thing and she'll backtrack later. Okay. Okay. Now, the other never have I ever was never have I ever had a threesome. And Mia drank. Who else amongst the ladies is not telling the truth? Um, jeez. I think Robin and Juan. I don't Back in the day. I think they tried it to see if it would work. Interesting. With a man or a woman? A man. And a woman. Remember how they had that friend who stole their money and then, like, died? Uh, see, that might have been... They died? <laughs> yeah, that person ended up dying. That's why they never got their money back. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that person died. I love that you... <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't remember that sorry part of break the, story. the news to you. Um, no, okay, in that sense, I see them being swingers, but uh-huh. not having, like... I, I don't think it was ever as a group. I think okay. it was just, like taking the keys out of the bowl. Okay. I feel you. Um, I think probably like Candace. No. She's been no. No, you didn't she didn't get too drunk one night and not okay, we, we don't talk about getting too drunk and doing things. That is not cool. Um that would be rape, Patricia. I'm sorry. <laughs> we we talk about only things that are consensual on this podcast. Wow. Um you're gonna need to see our don't, like, I'm going to have to take you to HR. <laughs> oh, my um, God, not HR. Not you to HR. Um, no, I think she, no. The fact that she's with Chris is what makes me think she's never had a threesome. Okay. Well, then I don't think any of them. Well, we know Ashley has, but Ashley wasn't there. But she's uh, told us she has. Well, I mean... On Watch What Happens Live this week, she was on, and they played Never Have I. No, not Never Have I Ever. They played the um. What was the game they played last week? The love dinner, lunch, whatever it was. The one had the both the honey honeymoon game. What's oh it yeah, called? the newlyweds game. Newlyweds game, and they Andy Cohen asked, "How many threesomes have you had?" And Ashley wrote two. And Michael wrote more than one, but less than a hundred, <laughs> which is very clever. <laughs> That's clever. I mean, he didn't lie. They got the same answer. <laughs> no, but I feel like there's a big difference between two and less than a hundred. No. It's facts. It's what it is. I'm sorry. That's what you do when you're like. I know we definitely had two, and there could have been one that, like, was a threesome, but it wasn't. But I'm not sure what she thinks is a threesome, but I think it's a threesome. It was a safe bet is what he did. That is very clever, actually. Were you shocked that 
they had him in the bar on What Would Happens Live. I would have thought Bravo would be very anti Michael Darby, but apparently not. Mm, no, because probably the producers aren't there that he's allegedly. Yeah, but it makes me worry. Like Andy has no loyalty. But but I think at this point, like the people they let on these shows, like it, actually, to be honest, Michael has done like the least. There are other people who should not be on this show. Or not specifically Potomac, but just like... In general. Housewives in general. Like, clink, clink. Sing, sing. Has he ever gone to sing, sing for anything he's done? No. No. There are other people that have and are still earning a paycheck. All right. You win. You're, You're absolutely correct. Um... Well, Moshi, I think that leads me to the end of Potomac for this week. Yeah, it'll be. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go from here because they they came out of the gate so good, lots of energy. But I'm worried that we're about to get some boring storylines. I think they've got a trip coming up. I mean, I feel like all these COVID no but ones they have to have a trip. They always have a local trip anyway. And we know that when these girls have a trip, shit, that's when shit hits the fan. So I'm, I'm excited and interested to see what happens. Also, we didn't point out the fact that Candace forgot to invite Ashley to the pajama jam, which is fine because Ashley was giving birth. But I mean, I, I really thought Candace and Ashley were over whatever it is that they were going through. So I'm interested to see how this will rear its ugly head or if it's just something that they'll just be cordial and they just won't take a deep dive into. Well, no, I think that the main upcoming, like, feuds are definitely going to be surrounding, like, Mia, Giselle, Wendy. Wendy. Zen Wen. Zen All Wen. right. Well, should we take a break and then come back and talk about New York and Beverly Hills? The flagships, baby. The f- I'm glad you're on the flagships bandwagon. Yes, let's come right back. <laughs> Moshi, we're back. Hello. Glad to be back. We're, we're going to dig in um, to New York Housewives. And I just want to say, episode 13, I'm trying not to clap because I've received some feedback about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we are back. Yes. I said this to you last week. I said, I'm... we are getting a return to form. It's happening. I know. I know. You did say it last week, but you know, it's that thing of like, we need to have like two to three like episodes in a row to know that it's back. It can't just be like a single episode where like everything is back to normal and then it's back to shit. No, I think we're, we're on track. We are on track. And, but at the same time though, did it make you kind of, think and be like so what I really enjoy is when these women are trying to seduce younger men getting really drunk and looking like idiots no because I think there was so much more in this episode um which is why I am enjoying it now okay well this episode of the Real Housewives of New York along with the episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had me doing some introspection this week. And it's and and my introspection is really specific to these two franchises. Um, and 
if it's okay with you, Patrizio, I would like to share kind of my latest insight, my latest epiphany, my latest moment. Is, is that okay? Moshi, what, what have you reflected upon and learned about yourself this week? Well, it's not so much. So what I've learned about myself is I think I've discovered why it is that I really like the housewives franchises and flagships. And there are other reality shows that are like just as popular, have just as like perhaps interesting characters, but like they don't really resonate with me. Like I don't get into like the Love Islands and the Bachelor of it all. Although there is a symbiosis. Most people who are into like Bravo are also into those things. But for some strange reason, those things haven't gelled for me. And I was talking to a friend, friends of mine, a couple, one of whom is like indoctrinated like us, all things Bravo. The other one who is new, the partner is new to the, the Bravo train, but is really into those other reality shows. And I was thinking that, and this is why it's specific to New York and Beverly Hills, because they're really about like super rich white women. And I realized that like, I like these shows because it's they the idea that we get from them is that we're supposed to see how the other half live mm-hmm. right and one of the things that's really interesting is like we're supposed to kind of watch these shows and i guess the moral question that we ask ourselves is is the grass always greener on the other side like you know you might think in your head that you want this lifestyle you want this townhouse you want this holiday you want all of these things that a lot of these women have But what the shows do is often really kind of show us the downfall of these women. Like these women are often at their lowest points or hard times or they go through the hard times on the shows. As like I I think Erica is a great example of this because we all would have said that last season was her last season, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were all like Erica has got to go. She's been giving us nothing she gave us the fantasy that we wanted, but we were bored with it because we realized there's no more to it, which is that thing of like, we want to see how the other half live. But now that she's like going through rock bottom and really hitting this stage, this is the pinnacle. This is kind of like what every housewife needs. Every housewife has to rise and then crash. And that is one of the things that we watch because I guess on some level it humanizes them, but it, it, it allows us a, an opportunity to kind of reflect on our own lives and realise that the grass isn't always greener on the other side because I don't want to be having to deal with forensic accountants and, like, not having prenups and potentially losing my townhouse and being humiliated by marrying a man for five minutes who's, you know, the cheating on me because I have to save face around a bunch of society people like I don't want to have to go through all of these things but these women do and I do you know just look at my life sometimes and go mate yeah life's not so shit (laughs) (laughs) so I yeah that was kind of the epiphany that I had is that I really like the sociological like thing about housewives as opposed to things like Love Island or The Bachelor because those things feel really fake to me, even though I do think that they are enjoyable. Like I'm not going to be like don't watch them, like enjoy them. But 
one man's trash is not always another man's treasure. So that was like this epiphany that I had about like why I really love the housewives in particular. Yeah, I, well, I mean, also like when you look at The Bachelor, I mean, like it's it's a ridiculous situation for people to be in. It's like, I don't know, in Australia, we have that one married for first sight where like people are like never met before and a psychologist like introduces them or puts them together and then they have to marry each other. But it's fake. It's like, it's oh, not. Oh, 100%. But you see, not... Patricio, I like married at first sight. Oh, the trash. No, but do you know, so Australia is one of the countries where people don't really get married. I like Married at First Sight because it's an interesting experiment. The idea, again, this talks about how different societies do different things, but the idea of like an arranged marriage, which is not too dissimilar from The Bachelor and things like that. But Married at First Sight, when it's done correctly, it encourages you to confront perhaps some of your attachment styles, like why is it that you you want to get married so badly? You want to be in a, for people who desperately want to be in relationships. But what is it that happens when you're in relationships that prevents them from going that step further? Because almost always people will repeat the mistakes on Married at First Sight that they repeat with the people that they're dating, not on the experiment. But that is a different podcast, as we it, would say. It is. And I, I mean, look, the, the only point I want to make here is, you know, you talked about the rise and the fall of housewives. Um, I am currently really enjoying my unorthodox life and I do not want to see Julia Hart fall. So the thing that I want to say to you is that anytime I recommend a TV show to you, you should just do what I say when I first <laughs> recommend it to you. Not come, come at me like three weeks after I finished watching it, after I've been telling you that it's brilliant um, and I know you're watching it, you know, with your mom and it's fabulous. I love that for you guys to do that, do the panini. But again, you're late to the party. Um, number two, Julia Hart is different. She's already fallen. We're just watching a phoenix rising from the ashes. Ooh. The people that are going to fall are her children. And that's oh. what's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if you haven't watched my unorthodox life, it is on Netflix and it is very insightful. We love to see it. Actually, you know what? Speaking of, you know, Julia Hart and Judaism in New York, like, let's get into this week's episode. So I was going to do that segue and then I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done it. So let's talk. Um, well, I mean, look. As our listeners may or may not know from previous podcasts, we write some notes about these episodes so that we have something to like kiki on. And I wrote some of the notes for New York and I put down Ebony um, because, like, her big thing is that she has finally gotten a result as if this person is her sister. Yeah, is the sister or not. and so I wrote something about that and you've added all this other stuff that I honestly do not remember from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so the question that I have posed is particularly from this episode, and I think we'll get it next week when we go to the Black Shabbat, but is Judaism the sixth housewife that 
we didn't know about this season. We haven't heard about her for a while. So, like, at the beginning of the the series, you know, we find out that um, Leah is converting. But after last week, like, I don't know about you, but I was like, you remember how I told you that I don't believe in a thing called, like, a black Shabbat. Shabbat is just Shabbat. Like, it doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. prefixed with anything. But it it felt suspicious to me. Like, (laughs) there was something not making sense. And then we find out in this episode in what I think is, like, a scene that we have all needed for a really long time, like Luann, Ramona and Sonia just sitting at lunch doing what they do, which is being ladies who lunch. And it was, like, the funniest just watching them all talk to each other about bullshit. Um, But we find out that Ebony has had a boyfriend for two months. Why have we never heard about him up until this point? And that they, or maybe they've been together longer. They've been dating for two months at the beginning of the season, I guess. And they have broken up. And the whole thing is that he is Jewish and he didn't want to get too serious with Ebony because he didn't want to have to ask her to convert because it's really important to him that he he is serious with a Jewish woman. Fair enough. Um, and he didn't want to have to ask her to convert So he was just like, let's end the relationship. And I guess that that is why. And then we find out that that is perhaps why the women were like, oh, that's why Ebony's doing Shabbat because he's Jewish. And now they find out that they're broken up. So they're like, why are we still doing the Shabbat? And so, again, we just have a whole episode where Judaism is discussed in the context of, you know, Leah in the context of, Ebony and then we know that next week I feel is going to be an episode I don't want to watch. Oh, it's definitely not. Um, I, I heard Ramona is not on her best behaviour. Like, dinner. I think I think it's the opinion pieces after next week. I think next week could be what does Ramona in just from the previews. Um, interesting. You know what I have to say about all of this? Jill Zarin. Zarin, thank you. I want Jill to be like mentoring Leah through her conversion. I want like Yenta Jill Zarin hooking up Ebony to other eligible Jewish men who are not like who don't need Ebony to convert. Like it's not a huge thing for them. Like bring back and I think Jill would be happy to be a friend of. Like I don't even think she needs like. I need Jill Zarin to bring Kathy Hilton energy to Real yes! Housewives of New York. Sorry, I just clapped and I know I told you you weren't allowed to clap. <laughs> but you just, like, got me so excited. Everything you just said, let's pray on it. Yes. Let's manifest. <laughs> let's manifest. We need the Yenta Jill. But you know what it is? So, like, Jill, I this is, I think, why I really relate to Jill. is like, Jill is so bitter and stubborn about having to leave because of Bethany that she won't come back and she's doing it kind of just to spite all of us I mean look it's fine look it's all gonna happen it was just a thought bubble um you know other bravo execs listening to this podcast right now maybe 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 not but I wonder if that's potentially also what's missing from the show is it is New York and we don't have 
a, a Jewish person on the show for the first time in a long time. There's no Cindy Barshop, there's no Aviva, there's no Bethany, there's no Jill Zarin. Like, something's missing. Maybe that's that's part of it. Well, I mean... To be truly New York... Well, to be truly New York, we should have had a black woman on this cast thirteen seasons ago. Yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm I agree, but I and I I just think the whole aspect of diversity, like to really show New York, like we're missing we're missing that that energy, maybe Ugh. the Yenta energy. We need a Yenta. Um, wow, yeah. So the way I'm just trying to think, what was I doing while I was watching this episode? Because like, I missed <laughs> out a whole lunch. I do vaguely remember it, but yes. Um, I remember, though, Ebony getting the results of the DNA test. And were you surprised to find out, spoiler alert, Well, I... that... No, go on, sorry. that they are not sisters? Well, I did say last week that I want them to be sisters, but I don't think they're going to be. No, then I was surprised. I wasn't. I... I... I feel that I was led in a way to believe that they would be sisters. I feel like if they'd been sisters, we would have seen it on social media at some point. It would have been something like Ebony would have written about it. She'd be writing a whole book. Ooh, okay, I'm just ringing bells, sorry. Like, I feel like it would have been such a significant part of her life that it would have transcended the show. I don't follow Ebony, so I would coming out with, sorry. <laughs> but I think I... what it... What it has done that's quite interesting is that it's shown her that she's strong enough at this point in her life, ironically just happens to be on television, um, to kind of investigate who who her people are, you know, like her, her grandmother passing away, only having her mother as her living relative and not having any idea of who her, her father's people are. You know, she's feeling lost, right? So she's, she is now going to do this DNA test that can hopefully just use the DNA pool that exists in the world to hopefully find somebody who she's related to. Would you do this? Um, I, I wouldn't do one of those, like, ancestry ones. Um, but, yeah, like, if I was looking for somebody, perhaps I would. But... I don't know. It's such a hard thing. I think, like, anyone who's adopted or, you know, mm. doesn't have, like, a, a parent in their life or whatever, I think these are, like, difficult, like, things to go through. And I, I can't imagine what that would be like and what I would do in that situation either. So, Can I ask you a question? Why would yeah. you not do an Ancestry.com? Um, the white supremacy of it all. Talk to me about it. Say it to me. Talk to me. What's the white supremacy of it all? I don't understand this. Oh, my God. This is like a whole other podcast, but Moshi, there's like a whole thing around like people posting results being like how white they are. Well, that's 100% why I would do it. Because you want to prove how white you are. I don't want to prove. I'm I'm really interested. So, so let me give you like, I know we're heading into a different podcast territory, but let me like... In my bloodline, there is whiteness because of colonization, right? And the thi- and and you know some of it I think was warrant like it was consensual whiteness, and some of it was potentially not consensual whiteness. But I think it's really important that we have these sorts of results so that we can hold whiteness accountable 
for the fact that it tried to breed blackness out. Marshy, my and question- also, I just want to say, it also shows a lot of white people who are racist that they're closer to being black than they realise. I've seen that episode of Who Do You Think You Are where that white woman found out that she has like, a whole <laughs> black family and she was like thrown. And I'm like, mm-hmm, everybody's got black family. I, I just even you I mean I believe it but Moshi um do you think that you're related to Dolores Catania I think you're related to Dolores Catania <laughs> I mean she is North African so <laughs> uh well Moshi let, let's um I hate I hate to say it, but if you are playing zoom bingo um let's take this offline <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the squares. Can everyone see my screen? That's another one. You're on mute. <laughs> We've had that. It won't be on the podcast. We've had okay, let's take this offline. I I think this is the podcast. We that was very fascinating to me, but okay. You know what was fascinating to me though? Like Ramonia. Like they were back in business and what do I mean by that I mean they were business women on this episode (laughs) well one of them was Ramona came prepared for that meeting she dressed the part she had done the research and I'll tell you what she read the CEO of Sonia's uh, brand to Phil where is the money it's not money because Ramona's done sums and something is not adding up. I think the one thing that we could never fault Ramona on is that she is a businesswoman who has run successful businesses and has been in like the fashion industry for a long, long time. And the nature of how she was in the fashion industry means that she understands the figures because she always did the things that were going to offer you the most money, right? Like she, she was selling like, the seconds clothes and all those things that people didn't want. Like she found this really enterprising way to sell the stuff that wasn't selling during the season. And she knows how much retail costs online. She knows how much all those things cost. But I think what she found out in the end was not that Sonia wasn't getting paid, but that the deal that Sonia took was just not a good deal. Like it wasn't going to work out good for Sonia. And I just want to say, finding out that Sonia has, like, uncashed checks, wow. That, that threw me for a loop. I was like, it made me wonder, does Sonia actually have more money than we thought that she has? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you meant. Because, like, yeah, she's, she just clearly doesn't have her... her ducks in a row she doesn't know what's going on she doesn't know that there's an uncashed I mean and these interns like what do they know they don't even she's teaching them about life she's teaching teaching them how to do their taxes and how to like tie up their shoelaces like but I I I just wonder if she I wonder if like a huge part of Sonia's shtick is her being frugal right and I wonder how much of it is like we all know that she definitely has gone through like financial hard times and that she's not as rich as she was when she was with the Morgans. But I think that Sonia is still like, even when she was going through all of that crap, 
I think that Sonia is still much richer than most people are. And I think that when she was kind of crying poor, she was still much richer than most people are. Yeah, she's she's poor because her account's dipped under seven figures for the first time. Yeah, I feel like it's something like like that. Because I think that if you can afford to not cash a $10,000 check, you're doing okay. Well, I think the other part of it as well is that perhaps she didn't want to cash a check because, you know, it's better for the business to have that money than for her. That could be another option in the mix here. Um, you have to cash checks. It, it ru- if you don't cash a check, it ruins everything. This is why people don't like checks. I don't know. Look, you know what I learned from this segment? I want a show where Ramona, like, comes in and, like, revolutionises your business. Your business. Like, like Tabitha, that old that show that used to be on, The Hairdresser, or, like, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchens. Um, like... Almost though, like, I kind of want her on, like, a shark tank. Like, you know what? I think Bethany got the whole, like, entrepreneur edit. But I want, like, a Ramona version of, like, what Bethany... Bethany was on Shark Tank as well. And, like, I just feel like Ramona put her on Shark Tank. Like, or give her her own Shark Tank. But not so much, like, as an investor, but as, like, as she comes in and, like, tells you how to run your business and how to make money. Mm. Yeah, but this is one of the reasons why Ramona hated Bethany so much. Because they were at... No, because, like, Bethany got this entrepreneur edit and Ramona had been... The whole time Ramona... When Ramona first was on Housewives, her whole thing was talking about all her businesses and how she works and how she does this and how she does that. And, you know, it really upset her when Sonia refused to take business advice from her and instead went and took business advice from Ebony. Up Ebony, from Bethany. So, yeah, this is, this is a whole big part of what Ramona has always wanted. The problem is that Ramona is so crazy that <laughs> that supersedes anything good that she does. Do you think that Ebony and Bethany are often mistaken for each other? Much like <laughs> Kyle and G- Garcelle, 100%. <laughs> Uh, um. (laughs) never forget that sorry all roads lead to Kathy Hilton you just need to know that um well look the the other piece of this episode uh, is that they are filming the music video of Luann's Christmas song right um and you know what all I had to think about when they were doing this was like this was filmed like November, December of 2020, right? We are now in, like, what? This is August. Like, oh where God, August. is the yes, song? Yes, where's the song? I was thinking about that too. I was like, where is the song? And why didn't we get it? But I guess we weren't allowed to get it until the show aired. Like, I feel like Luann does that on purpose so that she'll release it soon in time for Christmas this year. Well, apparently, and I don't remember where I heard this, maybe it was Watch What Happens Live, but they weren't going to be able to get it on the streaming services in time for Christmas. So they had to postpone for a whole year. Because I was like, even watching this unfold, it's weird that, like, they are all going to have such different faces by the time (laughs) this song is released. Video clip comes out. (laughs) No, that is so true. Well, the other side of that is that we do, though, that Billy Strick, and Ramona, uh, uh, Ramona and Luann are now going to do a whole Christmas album. 
they're going to record it in the summer, which is now, now, so that it's out in time for Christmas. So maybe it'll be released as part of a whole Christmas album. I actually think the marketing on that is much better and you need the show to market the song. I mean, honestly, like, where has this Christmas album been? Like, I, I, you know what I needed? I needed the Real Housewives to have sung a song to raise money for COVID relief. What would be the, like, we are the world version for COVID? Because here's the thing. I mean, yes, of course, there are people who are much more less like disadvantaged who are going through much tougher times so yeah i wonder what would be the covid song um it would probably be um oh it's a tough one i'm blue dubba do you i feel 65 no what was melissa gorga's song On display, 100%. That could be the song. Well, the COVID song really was, when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> it was Gia's song. It was like the TikTok song. It did but go big. What what we didn't get a charity song that raised money for, during the pandemic, did we? Uh, I think there was, but Luann should have been on it. 100%. should have been. Um, but I think, like, the best part of, like, filming this, like, music video, other than, like, Ramona showing what the boss lady she is by taking charge of the entire thing. Which I um, loved. This is the thing. This is, like, this is like the, the episode where I was, like, this is what Ramona needs to do. She needs to, like, come into places and just tell people how to do their jobs. But then the other side of it was also, like, when they needed her, she was, like, guys, I'm working on a six-figure deal. Like, guys, come on. <laughs> and I was, like what deal is Ramona working on? Because I feel like she doesn't have a job anymore. So I was very intrigued by that. Yeah. Who knows what that was? Um, But it's this whole conversation around like Sonia after her party and if she ended up at this guy's like hotel room and what they actually did together. Because like they've all done like, they've all done what we all do ourselves. Like we have seen the Instagram stories and we know what the truth is, but our friend, in this case, Sonia, is telling a completely different story. Like, they were eating the caviar together. They had a good time. And the way that, like, they, like, corner her in, like, the corridor of, like, the main set and, like, confront her with the truth. Like, like this, this was the thing. This was, like, the peak, like, New York Housewives is back. But the best bit was, so the lunch that you forget is that, like, so I want to just point out, at no time did Sonia ever actually say that they did the deed. She did, she did what she always do, does, which is she talks around things. So she said things like they were like, did, like Luann literally asks her, did you have sex with him? And she's like, I can't even walk properly. What do you think? Like she never actually says what she did. She says, I'm Sonia Morgan. Of course, what do you think happened? Like she frames everything based on her personality. And even when she's found out not to be true, like to be lying, she just laughs and locks them out of the room (laughs) and then proceeds to talk around it she never admits to doing it she never admits that she didn't do it either it's brilliant i I just love that she didn't think she'd get found out and she just talked so much shit (laughs) 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 sonia is brilliant like 
she is a clown in the way that Bishan described her. She's constantly taking the piss and she needs to own it. Like she used to wear it like, with a badge of pride. Oh, totally. And the only reason why she didn't own it in that moment was she was extremely intoxicated. Oh, 100%. But I just think it's so brilliant that the whole episode, they keep asking her questions and she just keeps lying with <laughs> saying what it is. And then they just finally corner her. And it's, and it's the best bit is because it's Luann and Ramona because they are so jealous of her at the same time. But like... At the end of the day, she literally doesn't give a shit. She just finds the whole thing funny and it's great. Well, she tells Leah that she, like, was in the hotel room and the girlfriend, like, walks in from the bathroom. Oh, yeah, she told Leah the truth. (laughs) But it was the whole thing that I love this song. It's like the whole time she's like, you know me, I just want a dick. (laughs) She just kept saying it, but she still never, like, (laughs) is like, I did not have sex with him or I did have sex with him. She just talks around the whole situation and it's peak, Sonia. It's so brilliant. But it calls into question now everything else that we know about the Sonia Morgan. I want to know what has happened and what hasn't happened. No, you don't need to know. That's the thing. Oh, okay. we, don't, we don't need to know what the truth is. Like, did she sleep with the pirate? Has she slept with Tom? Like, all of it. Like, it doesn't matter. That is that is Sonia and we don't need to know. And is, is she a storyteller? Yes, perhaps. Oh, 100%. 100%. But she, she gives us everything that we need. Yeah. She is the Hans Christian Anderson of our time. Wow. <laughs> Huge call. Emma, where is the lie, Patrizio? Yeah, where is the lie? But where is Bershan? That is my <laughs> question. Bershan's gone. You know she's gone. Last week was it for Bershan. No, I'm really sad because you know what? She doesn't get invited to um, the Black Shabbat dinner. To Shabbat dinner, yes. <laughs> because there's not enough room at the table for her, which is outrageous a lie we see in the preview for next week that leah has to quarantine because she's been potentially exposed to covid so now there's a free seat at the table so where is bashan is she going to be invited no No. because these people are trash bring back bashan justice for (sighs) bashan It's so sad. I really liked her energy. I can't wait. But, you know, and Bashan and Sonia, I think, would be a really great duo. Well, I feel like I'm flip-flopping because first I was like Ebony and, and Sonia, Bashan and Sonia. But I do want to say on the subject of Sonia. Yes. When she said, and I know I texted you this, this is a quote, I never thought, I always thought that I had daddy issues. But not with, like, my actual dad. I was laughing because she was being a clown and what she was saying is, like, she had zaddy issues. You know what I mean? Like, that was her joke. And the fact that you didn't get that really broke my heart. Well, you know what? It's because, first of all, bloody medium told her not to go back to that voodoo like healer and to go get a real psychologist with a master's degree <laughs> first of all she but, should go see a Dorinda's chiropractor life coach 
<laughs> she should go see DeAndra's Shaman. Like, oh, Darren, bring him back. No, but you know what? I was too involved in Sonia's story because you know what? I, what I heard was that she didn't think it was like her dad that she had the issues with. She, it was her stepdad. Yeah, but some I people... There's, there's not really much of a muchness. Like the man who's in your house who is responsible for you while you're growing up is, you know, a father or a father figure, regardless of whether they're biological or not. That was her dad. It's interesting to hear what her life was like. You know what I mean? Like that that sense of rejection from men, uh, important men in her life and and kind of where it's taken her over the years. She just wants to be protected. She just wants to be loved. But they have to be filthy her. rich. But they have to be filthy rich. That's the that's the problem. Well, she's a Morgan. She is a Morgan. Morgan till she dies. Literally. <laughs> With her family crest. Oh. Um, well, Moshi, let's talk uh, Beverly Hills. A.K.A. The Kathy Hilton Show. Thank you. Uh, this is episode 11 of season 11 of the Kathy Hilton Ooh, Show. 11-11, make a wish. Um, the Kathy Hilton of it all. <laughs> Let's just start there. Look, there were some great Kathy Hilton moments, some tidbits, one would say. Um, the fact that she can't remember where all her houses are, um, that she has a house in Loquintai, she completely had forgotten. It was... I don't know about you, but like, I'm sure you'll talk about this a bit later, but this was an episode where we found out like who is rich and who is really rich. And if you don't know how many houses you have, you are really rich. You are really rich. Like if you literally just like, it was the way there's a scene where, where obviously this whole thing is because Erica has a house we find out that Erica has this house and she has all these things that she's never done before, which we will break, we will talk about later. But they're trying to find the address, right, of this mystery house that Erica has in La Quinta. And you know when Kathy just encourage, provides Erica with some guidance on how to find the house that you're looking for? Like call up, you know, security and just be like, look, you know, I've, I, I've been traveling. I know I have a house around here. We just have so many houses that sometimes I lose track of. The way she said that with the ease that she said it, I was like, this woman is like, literally she lives in a different world than everybody else on that show. Like the, I understand now why she can't have a diamond because they could never get to the depth of like who she really is on this show because she would eat all of these women alive. Like you said earlier on, what did you say? You said she didn't aspire to be on the show, right? Like she, mm. it's not aspirational for her. But what we saw in this episode, I think, is that she is aspirational for every one of those women. Like there is a scene where like Dorit, Lisa, Rinna, they're all like, I want to be Kathy Hilton. Yes. I mean, I want to be Kathy Hilton. No, but I, but, I mean, look at, this goes back to my epiphany where I was like, we, we live so far on the other side of, of what Kathy Hilton is. But these people who think that they're, 
you know, they have it all like they, they in Beverly Hills or they are celebrities. They have, you know, wealth of certain degrees and things like that. But even they understand that, that Kathy Hilton is on a different level than them. And it's interesting to see that that is what they aspire to. You know, I think like they thought they had it. We all, you know, they thought they had it made real housewives of Beverly Hills, but like Kathy is like, the queen housewife of Beverly Hills. Yes. And I think like, even when they have guests, celebrity guests on watch what happens live and like, they always ask them like, what's your favorite Kathy Hilton moment so far? And literally like everyone is just like, Oh my God, Kathy Hilton. Right. So it's, it's not just like we mere mortals who want to be Kathy Hilton, but the people who are meant to be the upper echelon also striving to be Kathy Hilton, I think is, kind of interesting and I think it poses like it says a lot to me about Kyle as well like Kyle having like imagine having to grow up with someone like Kathy as your sister and also wanting to be like successful and you know do all these other things and yeah I feel like even you know Kyle for as as great a life as Kyle has which I think is also somewhat aspirational she still is not Kathy and you know not every she's not at a fashion show you know Kathy Hilton that's my favorite line that she says in this series she says this isn't a fashion show because they try to make fun of what she's wearing her daughter Nikki calls her her daughter hangs up on her and Kathy Hilton does not give a fuck. She says, it's not a fashion show. Who are they trying to impress? Hello, Dorit. Well, yes, I mean, literally. Yeah, but that's, yeah. But we also want to see the fashions. But we, but is it just me? But you don't expect to see the fashions from Kathy, right? You like that she's just wearing her leggings with her sneakers and whatever. Like we love all of that about her, but I think it just goes, we love the fashions, but I think the juxtaposition of Kathy, who again, doesn't even want the diamond, right? Like she doesn't aspire to be a housewife. It's interesting because you see, I guess the desperation from the other women. So like they are the real desperate housewives. Ooh, what, but what about, do you think that you would still stand if Kathy Hilton was wearing the Louis Vuitton bucket hat? Yes, only because, I mean, we now know the Louis Vuitton bucket hat was also not real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, because she wouldn't be wearing it with like head to toe Louis Vuitton. Like, or if she was, she'd be doing it as a joke. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like she'd be taking the piss. Like, she recognizes that the absurdity that is wealth. Like, I think she recognizes like how absurd it is to be so completely rich, but at the same time, she's like, but I am, and there's nothing I can do about it. You, you know what? It, it, you, I will counter you. Oh, I love it. I will counter you by saying like, although she's not impressing us with her fashion, last week we literally Googled how much that candle costed. Oh, so yeah. She, it's this whole thing of like wealth whispers. Yeah, money, money talks, talks right? Because yeah. Kathy Hilton is like wealthy as 
and she does these crazy things, like buys these like extremely expensive candles, and she doesn't have to tell us all how much it costs. We don't really see it. Like we really had to like dig in to find out like the brand of this candle and all the rest of it. They weren't like what well, was it, Joe Malone, right? Like no, but I think I was wrong. I think it was a cheaper candle because I feel like Danny Pellegrino posted it on Twitter which candle it was, and I think I was wrong. So I'm sorry, but- everyone. But regardless, like, the thing is that, like, a candle of that size, anyway, is going to be, gonna be expensive. Uh, a yeah. fortune. Um, but she wasn't, like, coming onto, like, the house being like, look at this Joe Malone candle that I bought. Right. You. It was just like, here's a candle. So I'm actually agreeing with what you're saying. I'm not saying that we want to see the fashions from Kathy Hilton. We don't expect it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't. I think if we saw it, it would feel counterintuitive. But for me, it's more interesting to see. So what I think is going to happen is that the women are going to, like, level up. Like, I think, like, Dorit is going to get more and more crazier because she can't be Kathy Hilton. So this is the only way that she can try and be on her level. But what she doesn't realise is, like, wearing all the fashions and, and the labels and doing all these things with that love is not what gets you to Kathy Hilton's label, if that makes any sense. And I, it's just funny to watch. I just thought it was a really interesting episode to literally hear the women kind of say that they aspire to be Kathy Hilton. But you said it earlier, Kathy Hilton does not aspire to be a housewife on these shows. And I was just like, I love that. And you know what? This is why Kathy and Crystal are friends yes because crystal gives us kathy hilton energy i feel she is also rich as anything and i don't think she wears ugly leather pants like (laughs) well she she said she's not really into fashion well just to like talk about a scene that we see today so there's a moment in the episode where some of the women go shopping and then garcelle Um, Erica and Crystal go on a hike instead right and I kind of understand why Erica didn't go shopping like Erica cannot be seen to be like fully like splurging even though like we could talk about the room that she's in and the fact that she's at a hotel and all these other stuff like she's obviously still got money but um, you know she can't be seen just going out shopping and spending money on on anything and everything and I will say that I think, like, Garcelle is wealthier than most people, but I don't think she's, like, as rich as some of these women that I think that she's, like, somebody. Like, I think we've seen it, like, when they went overseas. It was the same as, like, Denise. Like, they're not people. They're quite people who are quite conscientious of money. Like, they don't just blow on a girl's shopping trip, you know, seven grand on a bag or a pair of shoes. Like, they buy things, they think about it. And... You know, I thought it was really interesting that Crystal totally could have done that. She could have gone shopping. She could have spent more money than all of those women and done all of those things. But instead, she she chose to support Erica because I think she recognises that, like, okay, that's really great that you girls can just go out and go shopping, but there's somebody who's literally going through a personal and financial situation. Like, we shouldn't, you know, which is not to say don't stop doing what you do, but I, I thought it was interesting that Crystal, who who could have done that thing, chose not to do it. When you started the sentence that were ended with two different places for me, I think we were going to say, speaking of, like, the fashions and Kathy Hilton and the leather pants and then when, like, Sutton is so triggered by the pants <laughs> with the stars. 
Oh, well, she says she likes them, doesn't she? And then the camera people, like, zoom in on her stars <laughs> leggings. I mean, um, active wear. But I, no, but I just, I think it's an interesting juxtaposition to be showing. Well, look, the Kathy Hilton of it all, just to bring us back to where we started. Sorry. Um, not to say that that wasn't a great little um, soliloquy. Discussion, but uh, I just, I, I got to talk about Kathy Hilton. Look, playing Duck Duck Goose. Like, where did she get these ideas from? Anyway. The, the, well, they were made... sitting on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, her needing the straws and the chia seeds. The chia seeds. It was this. So I think the thing that I loved is that they were like, this whole thing of like, every time she expects someone to do something for her, like she's really used to having the, oh, like, around we're her. not supposed to say the help, but she's used to having the help. And, and so she really like, she doesn't know how to do a bunch of things. Like I think when we talk about Erica, we can talk about Kathy and Sutton to a certain degree, kind of validating a lot of the things that Erica is doing for the first time in a long time and them saying that they've never done it before either. And I mean, in the end, like when Kathy got the tacos, somehow, I mean, he offered to help her bring the tacos in, but it was that thing of like, Kathy's never going to hold her own tacos. Somebody else will bring her tacos to her. And her, like, can somebody just bring me a straw? Like she just wanted someone to bring her a straw. It's brilliant. I just love that she's on her own time. She'll show up when she wants to show up. She'll wake up when she wants to wake up, drink a smoothie, and then go back to bed. Like, she's not here for all this shit. I mean, even the tacos. Like, she was clearly like, you know what? I'm hungry for tacos. And she was like, but I'll buy everyone tacos. And then she clearly bought, like, an insane amount of tacos. Like, there was, like, 10 tacos per woman on that trip. Like, because she just has no concept, I think, of, like, how much things cost and, like, how many tacos a a woman in Beverly Hills is going to eat. Well, if you're into Paris Hilton history, you'll know that Paris Hilton is like really into junk food. Like she loves junk food and she is known for like not just buying like one Big Mac meal, like buying like 10 Big Mac meals. I think that that's just sometimes something that like just rich people do. Like they overcompensate for the fact that they're buying something that is so just pedestrian they have to go over the top i thought it was really kind as well oh no definitely um but i also i mean my favorite line i think of this episode was <laughs> she writes um, a broom. <laughs> yeah when kyle slash doogie asks her if she knows what a broom even is <laughs> i ride one <laughs> she's so she's so quick so quick She's quick. She gets it. Like, loved it. She doesn't take herself. You know what? It's, this is this thing. And I think this is what Sonia is when she's, when she's really, really good. She doesn't take herself so fucking seriously. And I think that's the thing about Crystal as well. Like, as serious as Crystal is, she doesn't take herself too seriously. And that's the problem with Erica is that Erica takes herself too seriously. Ugh. Um, well, look, for me, the MVP of this episode was Garcelle. Um, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, look, Garcelle, she, she was late to this event, but when she arrived, 
first of all, she came in like full PPE. <laughs> she was, honey, wearing a mask, the the goggles, the full jumpsuit. Hazmat suit. She is not catching COVID from these ladies. But then I was like, but she's staying in a hotel. Surely there is more risk in staying at a hotel where you are mixing with like people that you don't know than staying at this house. What's but that also, she, in every other episode, she like never wears her mask when everybody else wears a mask. I was like, it's nice of Garcelle to finally care about COVID. I mean, she only cares because Lisa and Kyle got, or Dorit and Kyle got COVID. So now that's the only reason why she's, she's being so overprepared about it. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, They've also recovered from their COVID. So, like, they're not a risk to Garcelle. They've got the, as they said, they've got the antibodies. But, I mean, look, love to see it regardless. Um, Her new red confessional look. I mean, happy MS. I'm so sorry. I still only remember the purple hair look. I'm going to have to go back. I've done a U and I've completely blanked on an important moment in Housewives history. I think, like, it was only, like, a single confessional. Like, this is clearly one that's going to be, like, brought more into the Okay, good. I'll pay attention. I'll pay attention she's got, like, titties out. It's just red, which looks fabulous on her. Like, it's a look, honey. Okay. Um, Loved to see it. But also just the fact that Garcelle is asking the questions. She always does. She doesn't – I mean, this is only her second season – and Garcelle is doing what the other girls won't do. Like, she is literally going in and asking all the questions that we need asked. Because there were some questions with Erica. Because Erica is obviously the main storyline of this season. Yeah. And, like, we've already mentioned it. Like, you know, she mentions the fact that she's got this house in La, La Quinta that, like, she she knows of but has never been to and yep. we get the flashback from a few seasons ago that she's got a lot of houses that she's never been to. Yep. It's honestly wild to me. Um, we'll go into it though because I feel like we'll talk about all the things that are a little bit wild that we uncovered about Erica in this episode. Well, I mean, she find they do they do the forensics on this and they find out that Tom has allegedly sold the house in 2018. Um, so and she doesn't know, even though she's on, I don't know, I guess she was on the mortgage or whatever. She didn't even know that their house was like purchased and sold like crazy. I mean, she says that like she used, she went to the bank for the first time, like ever earlier in the year and she hadn't ever used an ATM before. It was her first time using an ATM. Well, that's bullshit because she was definitely, ATMs were around like 25 years ago before she married Tom so that's that's a lie I thought the same as you but then I was thinking she used to work at the strippers oh cash 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 so perhaps she's never but I was like you know what perhaps she never has used an ATM <laughs> that's so interesting okay detective Patrizia I maybe we'll believe her we'll believe her um, but yeah, I did think the same thing. I was like, you have not always been married to Tom Girardi and there is surely like you've had to do all of these pedestrian things before. Well, um, 
I think the other side of it, it's not so much that she she's never been like used an ATM. It's that she'd always paid everything on card. So like she's never had to go to an ATM. Yes, I mean, yeah, you put it on the credit card, which I think, you know, is very normal in the US. I mean, she even said that she didn't have an allowance, but she was always putting everything on the credit card. Yes. Um, and she would have to ask him for the money. Um, but I guess, like, the big things that came out were the fact that, like, this divorce has been a long time coming. This is, like, the ongoing narrative. But when she's with Garcelle, and I think this is Garcelle's, like, first time hearing all these stories. Yes. But that he had a significant head injury, um, which is kind of alluding to the car accident that he had in the hill behind the house that doesn't exist, allegedly. <laughs> Um, and that how his personality changed after that head injury. And then the fact that she even brings up Alzheimer's as well. I was just like, I don't know. Like, it was just all, I don't really know where she's going with this. I think, you know, you know, when you like start a story and you just don't know where you're going and you kind of just keep talking and then you just, it just becomes like this whole like confusion. Well, there's that, but there's also this thing that if you lie, it, and the lie is so too far from the truth, it gets hard to be consistent. So what do you think is the lie then? Well, this is this is the whole thing, is that I think on one hand, all of us believe that their marriage wasn't right. Like, I think we all can see that she's hurting that there are things about this marriage and relationship that she was blindsided by that she did not know. Like, I believe so many of those things. But I think the thing is that we're not getting the whole truth and that, again, she is, and, you know, Rinna and Dorit, so this is, you know, Rinna and Dorit, the reason I realise they're on these shows is because they will talk so much shit and, like, make the things behind people's back. But they'll never say it to people's faces. But they like the thing that they're really good at is talking about the stuff behind other people's back, which is why Garcelle is the MVP, because she doesn't do that. But, you know, they're like little birds chirping on the side, sort of talking the way we would talk and, and be like, well, some of it has to be true. Like, they're the people that are kind of like, what about this and what about that? And and why isn't she telling us this? And why isn't she telling us that? And so I think it, on some point everybody believes that there's something not right with this marriage. But, you know, Rinna says why is she going out of her way to kind of defend him, to kind of really support him and support obviously this narrative regardless of whether it's true or not, that is is being persistent in the media about his illness and about all these things when he is not going to save her and protect her. <sighs> but I don't know if I believe that because then we find out that he's calling her every single day. <sighs> and uh, help me to understand is Erica answering the call? No, she says she's not. But he's leaving. Has... He's leaving voicemails. Oh, it's voicemails. Yeah, got it. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, look, 
she brings up this whole thing about how Tom calls her every day, and it's just to Crystal and Garcelle. Yeah. And then they're back at the house with everyone all together, and it's Erica, Crystal, and Garcelle on the couch, and Garcelle kind of brings it up again. Yes. But then all the women are now on the couch. Yes. And Garcelle decides to bring it up one more time in front of everyone and say the fact that, like, Tom has been calling Erica every single day. And Erica, like, loses Loses it. it. It's contextual, though, because they're talking, you know, for better or worse, she has made the show also her narrative this season. And... Yeah, so they're talking about Erica at the time. It's not like it comes out of nowhere. And I think the thing for me, so Erica kind of says this whole thing, like, Garcelle, you already got this out of me once. Like, like, why do you think you need to get it out of me again? Like, it's sort of like, I feel like Garcelle has, she's trying to say that Garcelle has kind of like tricked Erica into divulging mm-hmm. this information. And then Erica's kind of saying as well, this whole thing around like the fact that, you know, she is trying to maintain that the last time she spoke with Tom was the day that she left. And that's really important in the court case as well, right? And the proceedings that they do not speak ever again after that point. Yeah. So I think like, I think the point that maybe like Erica is trying to make here is that like Garcelle is like putting her in a bit of a legal bind but at the same time it's like you've said it on camera thank you and like and look perhaps like erica was just like extremely vulnerable wasn't really thinking because that's the thing right we keep saying that erica is trying to be extremely like calculated in what she is and what she is not saying on camera right so perhaps that was a slip on her behalf that she brought it up she didn't mean to. Perhaps she said to production when Garcelle wasn't there, don't put that in, like we can't have that, blah, blah, blah. And then Garcelle brings it up in front of all the other women and then it's sort of like it's fair game maybe at that point because it informs the feud, right? Because now it's clearly Garcelle and Erica are going to have a feud. I don't think they are. I think they'll get over it because I think... Well, Crystal backs her up and says, you weren't in the same car as us, so you don't know that Erica said, don't say anything. So Garcelle has missed the cue, which is you're not supposed to tell anybody this. And the way Garcelle was bringing it up was, well, and I kind of agree with Garcelle, they've all been telling Garcelle what Erica did the night before, right? Like everybody, everybody's talking about what Erica's going through behind her back. And I think Garcelle is just trying not to talk behind her back because that's what people are doing when they're talking about Erica. Everyone is sharing tidbits about Erica. And I think she's just trying to be honest about it and talk about it in front of everyone because these are her friends who care about her. Um, I do think that Erica and Garcelle will be fine. I don't think that Garcelle will apologize. And that was something that I was like, Garcelle, just apologize. You didn't mean it. And Garcelle didn't really apologize at all, um, which I was a bit frustrated about. But um, yeah, I, I think what we're starting to see, like, I don't think 
the way Erica behaved worked in Erica's favor because instantly Kyle, I mean, it was a confessional, but Kyle was saying, we've seen this before. Erica goes from zero to 100 when she's triggered by X, Y, and Z. You know, Sutton was like, something's not right here. You know what I mean? Like, I think what, I, I think Garcelle will be fine. I think what's going to happen is, is Erica's going to have feuds with other people because now they just there's something about Erica that they don't like. None of them want to be on the receiving end of the way she just behaved with Garcelle if they say the wrong thing. I mean, Sutton and Kathy Hilton also had something to say as well about it. And I feel like Kathy and Sutton were like thinking like exactly what I was thinking and would have said exactly what I would have said because I, I agree with you. Well, so can we talk about the fact that so throughout this episode, you know, Erica, is, it's another shedding of the onion layer, the onion skin. And Erica does tell us that in her relationship, she knows that she re- reportedly owns these houses. It's the whole thing about she's not been to a, an ATM. She doesn't have an allowance. She's just used a credit card. But essentially what she's saying is that there's all these things about her life and she has no control over them. And it was really interesting to hear, you know, Sutton, who is just had a divorce and Sutton come in and say and validate everything that Erica is saying and saying, yep, I'd not find out about this until the divorce. And then, you know, when Sutton, they're at the dinner table and Sutton starts talking about the forensic detectives mm. that do the money stuff. I thought that was interesting. You know who I, what I always find is interesting is the person who's most interested in that information. And the way Dorit leaned across the table and she's like, you mean about the whole, like she knew too much about the holding companies in the Cayman Islands doing the thing. (laughs) And I am telling you, because we've heard not a peep from Dorit really this whole season. And now that Erica is in this money drama, suddenly like the week before last, she's the money expert. She knows exactly what's going on with Tom's account where the money's been frozen. Now she wants to know about the forensic money psychologist. Like Dorit is planning her escape and making sure that she does not end up in this scenario. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I don't trust her. Good for her. But you know what? Just on your sudden point, I think the difference between sudden and Erica's situations, just from what I've seen, is that I think sudden actually had no idea. I think that like, Sutton was like, we had a bi- baseball team. Like, didn't know about that. Oh, we had when she said I owned know? two major league baseball teams. I died because she said it so casually. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think she genuinely didn't know. Whereas I think Erica, on the other hand, I think she does know. She may not know all the details. She doesn't know, like, like the La Quinta house. She yeah. knew that it was in the portfolio portfolio but had she seen the address did she know where it was did she know who was looking after it none of that stuff but I I agree with she knew about it and I think that's going to be Sutton's like thing moving forward is like how much did she know how much did she know about the legal stuff before she jumped out of the marriage like these are the questions so the thing that I thought you were going to say before when you like the difference between Kathy Hill, uh, between like Kathy, I guess, Sutton and Erica is that they were actually really, really rich. And Erica presumed that she was really like as rich as oh, they I mean, were. Yes, that too. 
I mean, but- no, but I, I just think it's really, it's really fascinating. But I, I also, I just really loved in this episode that Sutton was, again, why I love the housewives, telling us about what it's really like for the other half, right? We're getting an insight into it. And yeah, I really loved Sutton in the confessional. And I also loved like that Kathy was so honest because Kathy is obviously still very much in a successful relationship and marriage with Rick Hilton. But she was actually, you know, just saying all the things. She's like, I have never been to a bank as well. Like I have no idea about all these things. Um, and yeah, I thought it was, I thought it, it's just really fascinating. These are, these are the things that I find interesting when you can juxtapose some of the women against each other because you see what is aspiration, what is desperation, and what is just fantasy. And I think to your point as well, that if there was money that Erica had access to, she could employ someone to, like, help her with all those things, yeah. right? Because if Kathy Hilton was to get divorced tomorrow she would still never go to a bank because oh, she would still have money to pay somebody to go to a bank for her. 100%. I think I think it's interesting as well that when it was the women who, like it was Crystal, Dorit, Kyle and Rinna and they were on those bikes and they were talking about the money side of things. Like Kyle seems to kind of be the one who's the most like bewildered, seems to have no idea about what's really going on. But you know, Rina, Dorit and Krista were all like, well, I think the issue is that there is no money. Mm. And I think Kyle literally has, Kyle, I think, has been kind of hoodwinked and on some degree level still believes every, I think Kyle is probably the only one at the moment who really believes everything that Erica is saying. I think everybody else is starting to be suspicious. Suspicious. It's your word. Drink every time we say suspicious. <laughs> so I have some. I have a question for you. Yes. I have two questions. So the first one is: Will Erica come out on top? I mean, on top of what? The That's not what the question America's was. It's most a yes. Wanted. It's a yes or a no question, Patrizio. If if she's coming on top of America's most wanted list. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is she going to come on top of this season? I don't think so. Like, is she going to come on top out of her divorce and the legal drama that she's in? I think we're uh, watching it in real time, so we can say no. Well, I was going to say, in terms of like her divorce, I think it's a no because there's no. There's no there's, money. There's no money. Not to say that, like, you know, that's the be all and end all of a divorce, but, you know. When you get divorced, that's a huge thing. Like, that's a huge aspect of it. Do you take the money? Don't you take the money? In terms of the legal stuff, I think maybe yes, but only because I think Tom Girardi will come out worse. Like, if we're, you know, if these are the two, she will get on top and he won't legally. Okay. And the other thing that I want to say is let's go around the room and I would like you to say one word about yourself. My word would be suspicious. <laughs> and my word would be shady. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, on that note, suspicious. 
Maybe next, maybe our rebrand should be the podcast should be suspiciously shady. Right. I would honestly, I would love it if we got a season to see <laughs> Especially after our photo shoot. Oh, 100%. All right. Well, I really enjoyed our chat. In particular, I really enjoyed our chat about these flagship stores. Uh, I was going to say about all the side issues that weren't even housewives related. Well, they were great. And I'm just like, maybe we ditch this part into a different one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, Moshi, we come to the end of another episode. We are going to graciously ask our listeners to rate, review and subscribe. Five stars only, five brooms only, whatever (laughs) you've got. Um, and we come back next week and do it all again. But in the meantime, you can catch us on From the Lower Level Pod on Instagram. The stories are occasional. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. I mean, it's a panorama. Uh, it was like, what I love is that you weren't really sure if you could catch us on Instagram for a while. It was like a question, not a statement. That's the Australian accent, though. Everything is a question. Yes, yes, so true. All right. Always great chatting with you, Patty. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.